Hi, and welcome to Newsreel with Joe and Neil. I'm Joe. And I'm Neil. And today is September 9th, 2018. And we're going to be discussing the internet. Why it has to go. The interwebs. The interwebs. Yeah, this is obviously a provocative proposition we're making here. 9-11, the internet. Um, we're not seriously considering that you know anyone needs to do anything about it. In fact, the point is really that there isn't anything to be done about it. What do you mean by 9-11, the internet? 9-11, the internet, I suppose... I'm not sure. What do we mean? We're, I mean, sick, sick Al-Qaeda. Because that's obviously... You know, sick Al-Qaeda on the internet. Yeah. Make them blow it up. The thing is, they're all already all over it. They are. We should... Uh, yeah, I think 9-11, the internet, came from an image that popped into my mind of two large, uh, very large... Uh, um, server stacks that look a bit like the Twin Towers that would contain all of the internet and then you crash two planes and you get Al-Qaeda to crash two planes into them. And why, whence this and then have dystopian... Them dustif- dustify. Whence this apocalyptic vision came, why? why what did it come to your mind? Just because I've reached the end of my rope with the internet. <laughs> and I may hang myself with that rope. What was it about? The I would if if I hadn't reached the end of it. I've no rope left to hang myself. I just have to suffer it. Uh, it's just you know you read, there's a there's a, I suppose there's a breaking point. You know there's a kind of like a uh, it may be only a temporary thing, but I don't think it is because when I thought about it, I th- it's been growing. Well, I decided yeah that's actually a very good idea and it's 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 um, it's got a good foundation. You know the idea of doing away with the internet. The, the internet has got to the point where it's actually um, much more. Probably long before now it got to this point, but certainly it's got to the point now where it's it's much more of a a, a, a negative than a positive in terms of what it provides to people. Okay. Across the board, really. I mean, the only kind of saving grace in theory, based on that theory, is that it connects people, you know, keeps them in contact and stuff. But it doesn't. It keeps them in contact electronically. It actually stops people from actually uh, meeting up with people because... You know, on Facebook or Twitter or something, you can find out, or other social media, you can find out what, uh, supposedly what people are doing. And therefore, you don't have to go and hang out with them, you know. Or you might hang out with them, go and meet them in, in, in real life less because you you know what's going on with them. Whereas previously, you would have actually gone and had to find out what was going on with them. And of course, the internet provides an opportunity for people to massage the image that they give you. So you don't get a real image of what your friends or family members are actually doing, you know, because they're putting on their best face, because they're putting it out there in public, in theory, for... Uh, in theory, for millions of people. Mm-hmm. And that, that wouldn't have happened before. Like, you know, if you go and meet a family member or a friend and you're talking to them, the whole world isn't listening in. Yeah. So there might be an opportunity for a bit more, a bit more of the reels, you know, of keeping it real. Um, whereas with the internet, so on that personal level, it's um, it's not a good thing. Even that's, that would be the only saving grace is that it, it keeps people connected, you know. It's fostering insincerity. Yeah. It actually encourages it by the nature of the distance that's created with you and someone, even someone you already know, like a family member. Hmm. It actually breeds insincerity. Okay. Um, but other than that, it's the, the, the bulk of the internet, obviously, is what people use the internet for. But I suppose most people use the internet for that kind of personal stuff, but they're also exposed to, uh, obviously, they can't avoid being exposed to information about what's going on around the world. Uh, there was one story um, that came up uh, across my newsfeed when I was uh, ill-advisedly looking at the interwebs the other day. 
which I shouldn't do anymore. And uh, it was a story about a, a Syrian guy. I think the title, do we have it? No. I think the title of it was... Um, we have a screenshot of it. Yeah. Does Scotty, does Scotty have it? Uh, no. no, he doesn't. Go ahead and describe it. I'll, yeah. uh, What's the title of it there? The title of it was... I thought it was Berlin Boy. Yeah, Syrian refugee uh, is thrilled about being in Berlin because now he's free to be what he's always dreamed of being, <clears throat> which is a sex slave. Now, he's not actually a boy. He's more like a guy in his, tw in his 20s or something. It was on Vice News, actually. Mm -hmm. You probably won't get it on SOT, Scotty. I'm not even... We don't do we don't we don't carry that kind of crap on side. <laughs> what we do sometimes just just to give a snapshot of the madness out there. Um Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the inanity of stuff. You know, uh, we're pulling up a more extreme story here, which you will find plenty of on Vice. Yeah. But the inanity of it is that even on the sites now even if you're saying to yourself, I know the internet's full of crap but I'm only going to use it for, and you know, you have your reasons for it and they're positive and you find they're helpful for you. You're nevertheless passively bombarded with Shiite nonstop. And I think even the, the more sober, I mean, the, the best sites that we would recommend are obviously the Russian news sites because in general, they're, you know, truthful, objective, maybe not so much about what's going on in Russia. That's debatable. But when it comes to international affairs, they are, mm -hmm. Which is why, of course, they're attacked so so vociferously by the U.S. establishment. But I go on Sputnik just today, and like their idea of I don't know, giving people some of what they want. Apparently, is to have articles about how yeah, so and so is now dating. Oh, this right. is this is a vice the, one. The story there is the Syrian refugee. Who, this came across my internet. The Syrian refugee who found his sexuality in Berlin. Uh, for most of his adult life, Barry has wanted to be a sex slave, but he was only able to live out his fetish after his family fled Syria and moved to Berlin. And while most people might have thought that's most people's response to that would have been, you know, a kind of a kind of almost voyeurism or a, a, a you know personal interest story, and ooh, isn't it? It's a bit. It's got the tinge of you know sexual fetish and stuff. It's, it's juicy. Let me read that and stuff. And the subtext obviously is that uh, how wonderful it is that this guy from Syria um, was able to come to Berlin to live out his fetish as a sex slave. And my first, well, my, that wasn't my first reaction. My first reaction was, why do I care? Well, why am I interested in this? Why, why should anybody tell me that this is interesting? Why should this be uh, information that would be of interest to anybody? Why am obviously I? in a Western Western audience, you know, and but then when I thought about it even more, I was really pissed off at it actually because, you know, it's been it, it's put out there as the subtext, like I said, is that the West is a wonderful country uh, because this guy could come from Syria and 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 live out his in, in the free, sexually libertine uh, Western society, he could live out his fantasy as to be a, a pretend sex slave. Uh, but the problem is he came from Syria. And he couldn't do it in Syria because ISIS only allows real sex slaves and not pretend sex slaves. So he didn't want to be a real one, he wanted to be a pretend one, so he had to come to Germany. And isn't that wonderful? But no, it's not wonderful because the reason he left, had to leave Syria, was because Germany and other Western countries conspired 
over the past 15 or 17 years to create the conditions that allowed the rise, that, that you know, facilitated the rise of ISIS and forced this guy to leave. So actually, well, the story is, story should be, should have nothing to do with his, should have nothing, should have no mention of his, of his sexual fetishes. It should be him and a few million other Syrians and other Middle Easterns and Middle Eastern people and, um, and people from Africa were forced to leave their countries and come to Europe because of European imperialist machinations, European and US imperialist machinations in, in their countries that forced them out of their homes. Now, <clears throat> refugee, the refugee thing isn't a positive thing. Ask any of the refugees, they're not really happy that they were forced out of their countries because it was embroiled in a, in a war. Most, if, you were, if, if a war came to your country and you had to flee your home and move to another country that you, where you didn't speak the language and didn't know anybody or, anything, or, or, or how to really integrate yourself, you wouldn't be happy about it. But we're repeatedly encouraged to see this as a positive thing, uh, that they can come to European countries and the US. And isn't it wonderful? No, it's not wonderful. People should be allowed to stay in their countries of origin, where they live and where they belong, and where they feel most at home, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a terrible thing that, these, that refugees are coming. And then you ask, well, why is it happening? And then you very quickly come to the obvious conclusion that the reason they had, they're forced to leave is because of Western imperial machinations in the country of origin of these people. <clears throat> so what pissed me off is that the story was entirely turned on, his head in the, on its head and the message that uh, you should have got, you were getting exactly the opposite message. You should have got an, a negative impression of Western uh, political and imperial machinations in, in, in countries around the world. But what you actually were encouraged to feel, and that's the most important point, you were encouraged to feel this, right, because it's a feely story, uh, is that the West is wonderful. So exactly the opposite of uh, the objective truth of the situation. That's what you are encouraged to believe, exa exactly the opposite of the objective truth. And, that just, and that's just one example of... I mean, that is what the internet is about this day, these days in terms of uh, the stories that are presented to people. It's pretty much the... 180 degrees from the actual truth. They're encouraged to believe and think and, and you know, glean from any piece of information that's presented to them by the, the mainstream media. They're encouraged to, to glean exactly the opposite of what they should, mm -hmm. of, of, the, of reality. Mm -hmm. And what, yeah, by, by what they should glean is, I mean, the reality of the situation. Basically, it's a lie. It's a 100% lie. And so then I just was thinking about the internet and pretty much that's what what's being pushed into people's faces down their throats and into their brains by the internet across the board, but particularly Western populations. I don't know much about what's going on in Asia or China or whatever, but you know, increasingly this, the, the, the spread of the influence of Western-dominated media is, is global. So it's pretty much a global thing, but certainly in the West, Western countries, people are being, are being force-fed lies, and that's a terrible thing. It's far, it'd be far better if, 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 if that's what we have to deal with and we can't expect that overnight the media would start telling the truth, well then the only reasonable conclusion or reasonable response to that situation is to, is to is, would be to take it away altogether because it's far better that people have no information than bad information or wrong information because if they have wrong information then they it, it severely impedes them in, in acting, being rational actors let's say, or acting rationally uh, in their lives and in the world and responding mm -hmm. to reality. They can't respond to reality properly because their, their heads is, is, is full of mainstream media supplied bullshit. And that's really bad for society in general. So in, in the interest of saving society from itself, effectively, uh, the internet should be burned down.
you said mainstream media there. Do you make a distinction then between the internet as a means for alternative sources of information as opposed to the traditional corporate, both, you know, uh, sober printed press like the broadsheets and the trashier, more sensational tabloids? Or are you, are you, are you going no. to generally lump them all together because the internet is... It's full of nonsense. It's full of nonsense from, lies, yeah. from all of them. Okay. And like I said, you not only get nonsense from official sources about what's going on in the world, what happened around the world, or what it means, but you also get nonsense from your 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 friends and family type thing, you know, in the sense that you're only interacting, a lot of people are yeah. not only interacting with them, but to some extent they're interacting with them. Obviously people live with their families, live close to their families and spend time physically with their families, but maybe more distant people and stuff, you're not getting, a, you're not really keeping up with those people, you know, in, in any real way. Yeah. I certainly know that from my own my own personal experience of family and friends and stuff. I'm I'm not getting a good read on what's going on with them from Facebook. You know, yeah. I have to meet them and find out and talk to them sincerely. And people, I think themselves, you know, obviously, some misguided people put out too much personal information there on the internet. You know, they they take it as like this. This is just like real life. So I'm just going to talk to people like as if as if I'm speaking to them, you know, in person. But most people, I think, realize that you shouldn't do that. So they, there's, a, there's a filter there, there's mm -hmm. a mask that goes on, you know. So you're not getting the real information from friends and family either, you know. And you're not getting it from the media, obviously, because they have a vested interest and in, in agenda in, in, in spreading a particular angle on things. So I don't see any, I don't see any, uh, any saving grace in the internet at all, really, at this point. It served its purpose, um, but... I think. <laughs> what about the the, uh, the notion that you get you can get information that is not formally put out there by sources that want to bombard you with and give you a completely different picture from one you can discover through judicious means. There are very few people looking for that though, and there are very few of those sources that, that are actually interested in the truth. Most people are interested in just putting up, putting out their own agenda, basically. And it's just cacophony, you know. It's, it's, and it's getting it's, attention. And getting attention, etc. So uh, there are very very few objective sources of, of truth and information so um i don't think and i don't think it serves it serves people you know for that reason so um it's kind of like um i don't know and i'm also frustrated and um tired and bored with the with the kind of game that we've been playing you know we we obviously have used the internet over the past 15 or 20 years to try and be one of those sources of truth and objectivity and try and get to the, as close to the truth of what's actually happening on a large scale on major incidents. And I think we've done a fairly decent job of that over the years. But it was a, it was kind of like a worth, the, the, the powers that be, the, the people who are spreading lies, governments and, and the media and stuff, they were worthy adversaries in the past in the sense that they, um, you know, the, the lies and the manipulations they would come out with were kind of new because a lot of events were new, you know, the war on terror after 9-11 and all that kind of stuff. It was, mm -hmm. it was new, there was a new game afoot and you had to figure out what was going on and we had to investigate and explore it and try and figure out uh, the truth and the lies, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was felt kind of like it was it was a worthwhile endeavour, you know. Uh, it's almost like it's almost like Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, you know. Moriarty was a worthy adversary in the sense that he really was trying to cover his traces and the right. crimes and the murders that he committed and Sherlock Holmes saw that as something valuable to kind of, you know, because 
he was Moriarty was good at covering up covering up his crimes and stuff and and the go, you know western governments and the media were kind of good at that as well but now it's almost as if Moriarty just doesn't isn't actually attempting to cover up his crimes at all and what would Sherlock Holmes response be that we'd be like well, what's the point like I mean, he's not even he's not even trying to yeah. cover up the fact that he did it everybody should know it you know Everybody does know. Everybody can see it. So, what what role do I have to play anymore? You know, and that's the stage we're at now. Obviously, with I mean, we spent a lot of time harping on repeatedly, banging the drum about, for example, the U.S. and the British and other European governments and intelligences being involved with Islamic terrorism. The thing that they were supposedly trying to defeat, they were actually involved in creating it and facilitating it. And that has been that has become a a kind of uh, well, it's a fairly well-known fact. It should be a well. It is a yeah. well-known fact. At least the information, the official source information, is there to prove that that what we've been saying all those years when it was very murky and mm-hmm. and, and a conspiracy theory. Now it's not. It's an actual. Now it's an we, established fact. We have so, neocons suggesting we turn ISIS loose in Iran. Right. Explicitly on CNN or wherever they're. And you have the White House and the U.S. government saying, warning Russia that they they better not attack those rebels in Idlib in Syria. And everybody knows, including the mainstream media, that those rebels in Idlib are actually Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. So you have the US government saying, warning Russia, do not attack Al-Qaeda in Syria. Well, what more do you want? I mean, it's Al-Qaeda who, who attacked well, us on 9-11, do, 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 which we spend all that time. Right. And so do we... relevant now. So do we need to, like, harp on about the fact that the US is in bed with Al-Qaeda? No. It's on CNN. Mm-hmm. So what job, what, what, what role do we have to play anymore? Done. There you go. But the sad thing is, is that now that that big secret... The conspiracy theory has been proven true. Uh, we think, okay, job done. You know, the world's been put to rights effectively, you know, and, and it's all going to be uh, unicorns and bunny rabbits and stuff. You know, the world's going to be, yeah, everybody, you, the, the people have been caught with their hand in the cookie jar and they're going to say, okay, fair cop, all right, we'll stop it. No, because, uh, primarily because of uh, public reaction to it, right? The public obviously would be horrified there be mass protests and demonstrations when that information came out that Western governments were in bed with Al-Qaeda all along. Uh, no. No. That's not what happened. It went over, well, it, it produced, I don't think it even produced a whimper. Uh, it was just water off a duck's back. It just rolled off people's back. There's no response whatsoever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that's the second element to it. Not only is the information out there, but are the expected public reaction to it and, or that the fact that that information is out there about Western governments being in bed with Al-Qaeda that that would put a stop to these kind of dirty games that Western governments have been playing is not happening uh, the public isn't reacting no one cares everyone shrugs and carries on so what are we meant to do I don't have anything to say anymore no it's, it's emerged this the great truth whatever the truth of the, of great the game truth. that emerged the game that began with 9-11 emerged, but it emerged in a tsunami, a cacophony of right. BS and total inanities, much of it emotional guff. Um, vast majority, I mean, the vast majority of it, this narcissistic game where people are encouraged to, under the guise of, you know, speaking, speaking up and speaking out for whatever cause it is you believe in, really it's an attention-seeking exercise for the most part. And even when they're, even when you've got these sincere, you know, totally sincere people, and they're they're standing in their corner, and they're going to fight, and they're going to fight the system, 
by God, it will have an effect. It's just drowned out by this sheer, this sheer scale of identity politics and, politics and gender, yeah, gender equality and all that kind of stuff. That, was, somehow that came in just at the right time when if people had been sitting quietly, twiddling their thumbs with nothing else to do, and suddenly it was revealed, or in a succession of, of revelations, it was revealed what really was going on with the war on terror, that the US government and Western governments were in bed with the terrorists. If people had nothing else to do, if their minds weren't occupied with something else, you might have had a public outcry and something might have happened. But luckily, to completely obscure that potential outcry, you had this, this descent into madness of identity politics, gender equality, equal rights, you know, equality, all that kind of stuff that people are crapping their pants about these days for no good reason. Um, and you see it's mixed with that story that we mentioned previously, actually. I mean, they mixed, it's a good example, actually, because they mixed the two. You have the elements there of Syria, what's going on in Syria, the US government and the British government and the French government defending terrorists, Al-Qaeda terrorists in Syria. And you have a story from that, that basis of a Syrian guy having to flee Syria because of the support for terrorists by Western governments to come to Germany where he could do what? advocate or vice news on his behalf could advocate for gender sexual rights and gender equality and mm -hmm. blah 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 it's all so it's all folded into the one two are folded into one there yeah, yeah. To, to distort the, the 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 pure reaction that people should have had to psychos in positions of power uh doing exactly the opposite of what they claim they are doing being they themselves being the enemy that they claim to be fighting whether you're principled and sincere in your setting out, I'm only going to use the internet to find what I need to do, to research, to get answers, to do productive things, to buy things I really want slash need to fulfill what it is I want to do so conscientiously. Or whether, like most people, it's not, it's not that at all. You have a normal life, but you still passively, between your phone, when you walk onto the bus and there's a screen beaming something, walking to the bar, leave, you're totally passively being hit with this stuff and you're not paying any attention to it. Either way, the, the, this tsunami of inanity You can't avoid the internet. Even, even if you don't watch the internet, you're getting the internet from, if you go to a bar and the TV's on, what's being reported, at least in part, on the, on the evening news, it's something that happened on Twitter. So even right. if you don't look at the internet at all, you can't avoid being aware of it and being yeah. uh, being influenced by yeah. the, the the cacophony of, of of the cacophony that's, that's occurring on uh, on the internet of just complete nonsense. Look, Obviously, that's what a look at the is. hate Trump campaign. Right, mainstream, definitely mainstream driven. Get Trump, and every time he tweets, it's an, it's a news headline, and there's analysis and fallout, right. and it, and and they're they're I mean. Even when they say they're only highlighting this to, to get Trump, to get to, in other words, to support their agenda of doing so, they're, they're constantly feeding back into the inanity that they're themselves criticizing. Why are we paying attention to this guy? You know, we should just isolate him. Mm -hmm. And let's just use, use him as one example. But it's, it's even the mundane stuff. Like you, you did a deep analysis on that vice headline, but I'm, if, I, if that came across my screen i'd be like why am i privy to this why i don't want it just like go away 
And this is what we're going to say. Yeah, about, but that's, um, that was my that was my response to it. But then I wondered why am I when I why am I privileged this? What's the agenda? Why is this being pushed in, into my face? Basically, by just casually browsing the internet, you know, uh, I couldn't, you know, I had yeah. I had to think about it and figure out. But I mean, it was in. I mean, I just assume that uh, everything that I that I read on the internet, the vast majority of things that I re read on the internet, especially from official sources. Is uh, is some kind of manipulation? It's some kind of a lie. It's some it's kind some of a, a, a per subjective uh, vested interest th to try and push a narrative that is not very true at all. You know, and so if, if there's more stories like that, I mean, it's I'm, I'm finding it increasingly kind of it's kind of stomach churning. And the only I suppose the saving grace might be that every time a, a, a really horrible, you know, nauseating news story comes across my screen, the best way. I might be able to obscure it is by puking on it, you know. It'll be a natural response. You know, I won't be able to see the screen because it'll be covered in puke. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned, like, even the the sober sites, when it just, just comes to getting, you know, information, you can go there and they'll get stuff that's like, what? why is that there? Can you pull up um, the one that, the RT link I sent you, Scotty? Um now, RT is just reporting on this because, hey, the U.S. media is. But, like, why is that at the top of their page? Because mm. it's clickbait. It's clickbait, and it's, it's this... Bill Clinton trolled for... In, we'll have to say what it is. Bill Clinton trolled for ogling pop star Ariana Grande at funeral. Wow. Like... That's really important information. Some old dude oogling some young girl. I mean... Well, is, is it newsworthy because it's because it's uh, Bill Clinton because he's famous? Because you know, many times a day, some old guy oogles a young guy in the street. Let me just do the calculations. Yeah, four point five billion times per day. So let's do do all the stories on that. No, do all the stories. I, I could write a story. I'll go out and I'll I'll go up to the local town here and take a video, or I'll get videos. Well, there is video of that as well. I'll take video and picture and I'll put up an article. Old guy in local town oogles young girl in the street. Well, is that edifying? Am I meant to glean something like that? Am I meant, is that meant to inform my, you know, my 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 reality in some meaningful way? Is it meant to change? Meant to make me think? Oh wow, that's a, that's a turn up for the book. Some old guy's looking at some young girl. That never happens, does it? Not in the history of humanity, that's never happened, right? It's supposed to be clickbait, where people will click on it and get the reaction they expect. Or people who've already turned against the Clintons, so they're going to go, "Oh, he's he's right. a bad man, so and therefore he's not on my team." Therefore, grr, you know, to mm. get the two minutes hate or two seconds hate at this point out of it, and that's all. That's all you need to see the headline. And now, someone might think further and deeper about it and go, "What the hell is Ariana Grande doing wearing that at a funeral?" And then somebody will think further. Still, this is McCain's funeral. Why do I care? <laughs> you know, but no, Aretha it's, Franklin. It's a confluence of all these things. Aretha Franklin was where it happened. Was it that funeral? It was. A, it, was it wasn't even a funeral. Oh, I don't think she was. More. I, I thought that was John McCain. No, I don't funeral. think she was there. Uh, it was Aretha Franklin. Franklin's kind of, uh, you know, right. Whatever send off or something where people got up and Ariana Grande was singing songs and other people were singing Aretha Franklin songs. And what the hell is Bill Clinton doing there anyway? Exactly. I mean, he's nothing else to do is the problem, you know? Nothing more useful to do other than, you know, go to a singer's, singer's funeral. Um, 
There's one more inane one. This one I, I want to show this from Sputnik. This is today. Like, why is it there on the front page? This is Russian news doing this bit to, you know, counter Western Western BS. And ex Liverpool football, I suppose that's a football yeah, ace. A is this football. football ace allegedly ditches model wag that's woman and wives, wives and girlfriends. Wives and girlfriends of footballers for Instagram famous chick. Right. <laughs> I, I'm I'm, re- I'm really glad I know that. Like I know, you know that, that that's really going to help no, me in 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 like the problems that that uh, like personal or you know problems that you have um, in in your daily life. You know, overcoming different different uh, difficult situations. That information is really going to really going to help me. You know, um, I've deliberately picked out two Russian sites here because they're the least bad, mm. and it's still all over their websites too because. The British media, and probably the American media as well, I see it most often with the British media, especially, I suppose, that's obviously the more tabloidy ones. But it's like the homepage is just plastered with celebrity porn. Literally, like their, their lives, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians stuff. But at least at this point, Kardashians are semi-newsworthy because everyone knows the name and the become famous for being famous, yada, yada. And so it's somewhat, somewhat relevant culturally if something happens to them or they do something new. But it's got, it's got a whole page end to end, like you can scroll and scroll and scroll about complete nobodies huh. who have whole stories written about their sexy shot or what they did yesterday or what they want to do tomorrow. I mean, like... Those kind of stories appear right beside, you know, the latest uh, mass shooting in America. Yeah, you know, side by side, so you can look at the mass shooting. And go, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? Anyway, what are the Kardashians doing? Hmm, interesting. I mean, it may sound normal, you know, because it has to be normalised. But that's a, it's pretty, uh, pretty disturbing commentary on society. You know, where a mass mass shootings are so common in the US that they don't even. I mean, they, they're not. They're not even. They're not even necessarily. Some of them aren't even necessarily headline stories any, anymore. You know. You're fast approaching the time where an editor of a mainstream media outlet in the West, when faced with a mass casualty shooting and something that the Kardashians did, like, you know, it's a one, toss-up. one of their boobs fell out or something, that'll be the top story and the mass shooting will be secondary. Yeah. Right, there you go. Well, there's your values right there, you know. Yeah. Wonderful commentary on society. Okay, so this is like... A damning. This is a. It's damning, it's uh, but damning it's not because the, nobody notices the internet as information. Mm-hmm. What about everything else? Though, if you were se- if you're seriously considering, like, just if there was a kill switch and we could hit it, and that'd be the end of the mm-hmm. internet. The internet's thing. integrated into everything else we do as Good. well. Shut it all down. Transport, uh, trade, con- consumer right. purchases. Yeah. Um, it's integrated with everything from paying your bills to your job, of course. Mm. Like, well, it's only twenty years old. Like, what I mean, about really, the day after <clears throat> you hit that, and then? Well, it's within most people's living memory before the, the time before the internet, and things seem to work okay, right? Mm-hmm. So you just deconstruct it a little bit and go back to go back to the year nineteen, you know, mid nineties, when the internet was only starting and, and and strangle it in its cradle. You know, you know, but and, it, and because it worked back then, you know, people had jobs, commerce happened, trade happened without the internet. So go back to it. It's not that long ago. It might take, yeah, you have to retool things a little bit, but do it. 
But then you'd be left with, um, you'd still be left with what you had before, sort of, where you've got um, very powerful corporations who control a lot of things. At the information level, you'd be left with TV and the mainstream media. But what about the opportunity for alternative voices? You know what I mean? You'd still be left with the same basic problem. Uh, there were alternative voices beforehand, and the majority of alternative voices these days are in response to the deluge of bullshit that has been facilitated by the internet. The deluge of bullshit coming to, into people's brains by the internet. That has to be combated by the alternative voices. A lot less need for alternative voices when you don't have the internet causing the problem in the first place of spreading massive amounts of lies and disinformation to the public. Okay, so it's, it's in, the net benefit is zero or negative. Right. Um, I well, was listening to... Hang on a second, because what about the case of, like, Jordan Peterson? Because he, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll present this for your consideration. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> by his own kind of admission, he was, he was talking to, I don't know, it was an interview with somebody, and he was saying, uh, <clears throat> you know, look, uh, this bill was passed in Canada, or they were talking about passing it, then they passed it, uh, C-16 or whatever. And basically his popularity and the fact that he's running around the, the globe and actually, you know, he seems to actually be helping a lot of people. His popularity was directly due to the fact, uh, or so he claims and it appears that that's true, uh, it was directly due to the fact that there was YouTube and he started putting his lectures on YouTube and blah, blah, blah. And then he's helping people, the fact with, that he's helping people with problems that were caused by the Internet. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Largely caused by the internet. Would suicide rates be what they are if people weren't hooked up? Hooked up to? Well, I mean, one of the problems is, is porn, right? Porn addiction. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned. Let's go back to the early nineties. There's only someone by the mid nineties. Ninety percent of all web pages were porn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. What's, so it's a I've humanity problem as well. You can't just put the blame on the on the big, you know, powers that be and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, humanity plays plays into this as well. You know, where. At the, like you said at the beginning of the internet, the, what most people who had access to it or had access to putting content on there decided to put uh, porn on there, you know? And that's, I don't know if that was being, maybe that was being directed by the Jews, was it? <laughs> that's what the conspiracy <laughs> says. Um, who knows? But yeah, it's, it's obviously a complex problem. But um, in this case, I usually don't advocate for uh, sim simple, simple solutions to complex problems, but in this case, I'm going to make an exception and say the solution is shut off the internet and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I rec not just see what happens, but I think people will be a lot better off. I mean, really, people are spending way too much time. I mean, look at young people. Young people, like 13 years old, spending six hours a day watching porn because of the internet. Mm -hmm. That one factor alone would, would do a lot to help an awful lot of young people. Yeah, and even if you they're mean? not doing, you know, watching porn or using to buy drugs or whatever, you know, extreme criminal stuff, but there are... They're using it to, well, they're, they're going mad. I mean, suicide rates are crazy. Um, it's created a world where people are looking for meaning. And there's a market opening for Jordan Peterson. Right. Because you've got generations who've grown up with absolutely no meaning. No meaning. They're, they're saturated by information, but they know nothing. Right. Too much information, zero knowledge, and it's like they're asking questions like, what, what the hell's going on? Um, yeah. And that is what opened up for... Like, <coughs> I saw an interview with uh, Eric Schmidt, Google CEO. Is he still the CEO of Google? Uh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. He was interviewed in 2010 or something. And 
coming up with all these, he was talking about all the amazing things that could come up with, you know, and one of them was an app. There'll be a new Google app and it's going to help kids who are feeling suicidal. But Jesus, To watch dude, the internet more. Yeah, to watch the internet more and uh, they're going to be able to have counselling with an AI robot or something who will talk them out of, out of their situation. But no, no, that's why we got into this problem in the first place. Um, this this saturation of meaninglessness through too much information. Um, and it's sorry, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say what the I mean, the origins of this. You know, the internet was. Putin said this before, and I was like, what exactly did he mean by that? Now I have a good idea. He said that the internet period is a CIA military intelligence project, right? was from the beginning um and it still is people knew that then there were people protesting the very origins the first arpanet network that was tested between like harvard and mit there were students out there protesting because they knew where that was going a kind of cybernetic world where um basically great big centralized databases would have the goods on everybody and know what they're thinking before they even articulate it, well, before they even think it, and therefore be able to tailor political solutions to any potential problems before they come up. Right. Um, there's a book here. I'm nearly finished it. Everyone should have a look at this. Surveillance Valley, The Secret Military History of the Internet by Yasha Levine. He's actually been working on it for... Um, for about four four years, it was a series of articles. He was a writer for Pando, some small outfit in California. Um, it's they come out in a in a book this year, and yeah, it's it it's stuff we already knew. I mean, everyone knows it. Like, the military, the military and intelligence and power, real serious like global power, is is baked into the internet. That's the term he used from the beginning. It. The, the the need to create IT solutions that became the internet was driven by a desire first to uh, deal with the counterinsurgency issue in Vietnam. Counterinsurgency being a euphemism, a kind of a newspeak word really for control, mind control, for, for controlling people, to be able to see what's arising before it actually happens and, and act preemptively. And achieve military objectives, yeah. Yeah. And the kids protesting Vietnam were, some of them anyway, were aware of this kind of this kind of projects that were up and running, and they knew damn well that this was going to be turned on the American population and then the world, um, because that kind of just the concept. This is before they had the means to do it. If, if you like, they came up with the concept in arguably right after World War II, but anyway, by the sixties, it was really being discussed in academic papers and tried out at least at a conceptual level. And the concept was get as much information as possible on as many people as possible, centralize it, and then have the eyes and ears shared by all the key players, players the need-to-know basis. And from that, you would be able to eventually, they knew where it wanted to go. They, it, you would have predictive models that would be able to tell you where in the narrative of the time, where people are going to turn communist because they're unhappy. So we're going to be gauging their happiness levels. And, you know, you can say, well, it's silly, but what happened over the next 40 years is that they fleshed out the technology 
this is what drove them, the quest to find the perfect systems to fulfill the concept they'd already had in their heads. And the next 40 years, 50 years up to today is the story of just fleshing out this structure for what they called after 9-11, but then quickly changed the terminology, total information awareness. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's still the case today. We've come out, <clears throat> in the intervening period, people have kind of forgotten this. And the story now, as each new revelation comes out, you know, with whistleblowers after 9-11 saying the government's spying on everyone, all the way up to Edward Snowden and his NSA leaks, it, we, we've got the, the, horse, the, the horse before the cart mm-hmm. because we're thinking, oh God, the government is coming in to infringe on all these companies and thus to get to us. No, no, no. These companies are all, to a T, offshoots of DARPA, Pentagon, NSA projects from the beginning that were then set free. They were set free precisely so that people would organically take them up and voluntarily give up everything. And then with just a few hacks, taps, um, guns held to CEOs' heads, you know, various means, they have had a very easy way of getting back into those now private companies, which were always, they were fundamentally offshoots of the Pentagon in the first place. So that's that's the, the maybe a, more, a longer version of what Putin's saying when he says, well, you know, the internet is a CIA project. And he's saying more I suppose more broadly, he's saying it's an American creature. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, it's global now, and everyone treats it as if it's unhinged, it's decoupled from American power interests. And part of the great, part of what attracted, I mean, those students who were protesting it in the 60s, they flipped, you know. From among them came guys who became the gurus, became the tech innovators, became the great kind of uh, evangelists. Some of them literally, Yasha Levine says some of them literally had religious conversion experiences as they became major supporters of the tech because the kind of religious ideology that underpinned all of it was that the government thinks it's going to be able to get all this information, one database, spy on us all, control all our minds. But actually, this tech holds the promise of being the great equalizer. Mm. And we're going to get the revolution we want. Everything's equal. Risk. It's the SJW utopian dream. All is equal. Um, they predicted that power structures will be rendered redundant. There will be no more military wars. There will be no more hierarchies. And they went to town with it. And, and that drove, um, it drove the ideology. Sometimes you could say it was communist. Other times you could say it was libertarian. It depended. There were different flavors of it, but all of it was driven by... And that was just music to the ears of uh, the contemporary spooks who yeah. would would be like encouraging these kinds of people. Because they were going to use it for the same purposes, but not for a positive purpose, for, but for their own kind of uh, nefarious purposes of, yes. uh, um, of, of controlling people. I mean, yeah. Um, a modern example, the the current, the contemporary one, which he actually, Yasha Levine was at the center of exposing because he got attacked massively after doing this. So you had the NSA leaks in 2013. Um, Edward Snowden is catapulted to stardom, cult-like status, right? Globally. Um, and 
what's he spent the next? What's he, what has he spent the last five years advocating? Well, internet freedom. He, he's bringing you the bad news. There's this totally global behemoth of surveillance, this Leviathan hell, and they have all these means. And he releases a series of things that have slides that show that this is what they're thinking of. These are the kinds of things that are already in operation. They can go into a country and kill its um, key infrastructural systems like the one he exposed in Japan where they set up malware that could knock out the power in the country. And he theorized that was if our ally and friend ever, you know, went rogue, we could, we have these ways, these backdoor ways of controlling them. So he exposes all that. And yet, at the same time, he's on a mission. He is a true believer, libertarian, internet freedom activist. He's saying, fear not, there is a solution. Mm. And the thing, the main thing he pushed was the Tor project. You remember the Tor mm -hmm. file sharing networks? It's kind of a sub-network that's totally dark. The data can go in and come out, and it's in between. It's totally scrambled, and there's no way they can... And in principle, it does work. So long as you remain totally anonymous in every, everything you do, as soon as you log into one account or buy something that's attached to a card in your name, that's it. Your cover is blown. It's not just that you're blown in that area. It actually ties you with everything. It, it only works as long as you live in a parallel reality. Mm. Anyway, the deeper story is that the Tor project, as Levine exposed was a DARPA project itself. It was set up precisely in order to enable US intelligence operatives to do cyber intelligence work, cyber spy work anywhere in the world, like get into any system undetected in one end and out the other. Mm -hmm. But they had a they had a basic problem which they realized right away when they were developing this, which is that that's sooner sooner or later it's going to be noticed anyone who's coming in any piece any um entry or exit point they're going to see that that right there oh that's another cia agent mm -hmm. and you can adapt to it accordingly so they realize smartly diabolically that they had to put this thing out there and have a segment of the population use this dark web mm -hmm. precisely so that they would be able to be cloaked by it, I suppose. It's like a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. And so they happily had the Silk Road guy who set up his website where people were trading drugs, uh, uh, assassination. You could or, you know, order a hitman using Bitcoin on the Silk Road. Mm -hmm. And they knew all about that. They said, fine, let criminals use it. Let All the way up to let internet freedom activists proselytize and evangelize the very thing that we're going to use as a Trojan horse. So it's this, I suppose it's this, it's this kind of religious, I suppose people have, they've literally thought that, you know, there was a, a kind of a, a singularity, a, that technology was, was going to be the God that freed us mm -hmm. from all of the past wrongs and it would be the great equalizer. And why, why, why would did, people ever think about that? I mean, all 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 movies that portray uh, a kind of dystopian, post-apocalyptic kind of future or whatever, some future human society, they they're all massively technological. Yeah, and it's not good. Like, 
It's never good. Yeah. There's always like very often there's like this massive underclass who are living outside of the of the of the techno wonderful zones and stuff and or or it's like there's some kind of it's some kind of ma- <clears throat> massive surveillance uh, state or something like that. I mean, yeah, why how would anybody ever think that um effectively dehumanizing people like these transhumanists talk about, you know, about uploading your brain into a computer and all that kind of stuff. How would they ever how would anybody ever think that that process of dehumanizing people would be better? It would be would be good, like you know? I mean, human beings are human beings for a reason, you know, for a purpose, you know. And um to, to to jump ahead like that and to decide that, you know, oh we're past all this. Obviously you're not past this, you know. Now you look at the world today and look at what's going on, look at the average person in the street. They're not, they're not ready for exactly. they're putting a monkey in, in letting a monkey take control of, of computers basically, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you expect that's gonna work out well. I mean, people need to getting back to what Scotty was saying about Jordan Peterson. Um people need to get back to basics and they're being distracted from those basics uh, in terms of what they need to what they need to do, what the, the the problems that they have, fairly fundamental and basic and rather simple, if not easy, comp, uh, problems that they have to solve. And people are being encouraged to ignore those things and actually learn from them and become a better human being. People are nowhere near the end, not at the, at the pinnacle of human civilization. Nothing really has changed in, in, in thousands of years in terms of human civilization and the way ordinary humans interact with each other and the way they think and the way they have no real control over themselves. Nothing has changed. Yeah, the techn- technological advances are just like a mask for for the the fact that human yeah. beings have not really evolved very much at all. So I mean, and yeah. we ha- we have the evidence before us today where, given all these tools and means of communication, trade, etc., what happens? The collective unconscious of the species is all put out there, and it's. It's a shit Porn, show. violence, screaming at each other. Mm. For the um, most part, yeah. Deceiving each other online. It's a complete shit show. Right. And that is the answer to what these techno gods, as they came to see themselves, promised. They said, "This is we're going to break free from the chains of the past. And what happened is, no, you just got a mirror of you in exactly the state at. of where you are. At your retarded state. Absolutely. And that's the wake-up call. The only va- the value in that is the, that that image or mirror image you get of where you're at should be a wake-up call to people to say, "Holy shit, we need to get our <laughs> we need to get our act together. We need to get back to basics and, and down to really dealing with uh, the simple uh, lessons yeah. that we need to learn. You know how we can improve ourselves and how we can get a handle on ourselves. You know, but uh, people don't want to do that. You know, and they're very they're very attracted to the idea of leaving all that behind mm-hmm. and imagining. That we're so much more evolved than we actually are, because of course it's it's very attractive because it's hard work and it's the nitty gritty type thing, and it's messy and it's difficult. But that's where you learn the most important lessons. And sure, people want to avoid that, and they'll be they'll be they can be appealed to to say let's just all let's forget about all those difficult problems and let's just all march gloriously into. The a techno. new techno future, mm-hmm. transhumanist techno future. Oh yeah, I like the sound of that. Wow, yeah. you're in for some serious shit. Like if you, if they do that, you know, if they go that direction, if it pushes that, if it if they push that any any further, you know, they're just ushering in the really big wake up call. You know, first of all, you get a wake up call that says, "Hey, you better watch out. You better not do that. You know, you better go back to basics and sort yourself out." And then if you ignore that, well, then 
there's probably another wake-up call that leaves you in no uh, doubt whatsoever what level you're at. In fact, it may actually implement the or uh, put in place, let's say, the conditions mm -hmm. that are most appropriate to to your your level on the on the evolutionary scale. You know, i.e., maybe you know something may conspire the world or the universe, whatever may conspire to basically put humans as monkeys back up in the trees. And that's why we say, you know, forget about doing anything to fix this. I mean, it's a philosophical exercise to imagine killing the switch and just end the internet. But um, Well, it's a philosophical exercise, it's like we can't do it, but anybody who's listening should think, think about it and at the very least reconsider the extent to which right. you are intellectually and emotionally involved with that thing called the internet because yeah. it's not real um, and it's it's actually bad for your health what would you I mean what would you recommend we don't use mobile phone but we use a phone if we go somewhere and like absolutely it could be useful oh, yeah, turn it useful. on yeah. um, technology should be used in service to humanity in, t in service to helping humanity achieve what it's meant to achieve on a, on a human level it should not become uh, a distraction from that, you know, or it should not, certainly it should not uh, impede that kind of progress. And that's exactly what it's doing now. Mm -hmm. Because people need to learn the truth and the reality about the world that they live in and learn how to navigate and interact with it in, in the most uh, um, productive and objective way, you know. Um, the internet doesn't help people to do helps people or encourages people to do exactly the opposite to live in delusions yeah and to believe lies and to like i said earlier to be unable to actually interact effectively and realistically and objectively with reality i know what's going on in the world and then take action to you know to protect yourself against the dangers or to take advantage of beneficial uh, opportunities and the internet <laughs> And it encourages people to go to, to like, on the porn uh, example, encourages young men to see women in a particular way and then go out and look for them in real life if they ever get their, peel their arses off their chair, to go out and look for women that they've seen in, in porn videos. Mm -hmm. They're not going to find them. And if, but they're going to they're gonna try really hard and, you know, women are affected by that as well. So you create this... You bring two delusional people, people who have been deluded, bring them together, and then you're going to have a clash of delusions, uh, delusions, <laughs> or unreality will intercede in, in the middle of it. Yeah, and and it's just going to cause more and more suffering, you know. And that's just one example. I mean, there's so many other ways where people are being misinformed and having their heads full filled with lies with, with which they then interact with reality, and reality says, "What the hell are you talking about?" and smacks them upside the head. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly the opposite of what. If there's any benefit, well, obviously there's benefits to technology, but it's um, it's exactly the opposite of of the idea of using technology to the for the benefit to facilitate the real uh, the, the the appropriate and correct goals in the average person's lives and what the, and the goals that they should try to achieve. Technology can be used as an aid to that, not to supplant it, and certainly it should not be an impediment to achieving those practical and realistic and beneficial goals. Yeah. And the, the, the crazy thing is that I think 
people, I think people know this, or they're, they're well, you ask becoming what people, aware of it. Well, you ask what people should do, you know, what way that you should then. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, it's a philosophical idea in, in a sense. Yes, it would, in an ideal world, the internet would go away. Uh, it's not going to go away. So how should people uh, respond or interact with the internet? Uh, well, they should, in, in my opinion, they should follow that example that I gave, where they should use the internet sparingly because the vast majority of it is nonsense. Or if you do look at the lies, you only look at those lies uh, as a way to reaffirm the truth, you know, within yourself. And if you publicly speak in any way or you, you know, if you're spreading any information yourself on the internet, then it should be used to, to combat those lies. I mean, you can't get rid of it, so we have to make the best of a bad situation. And the best you can make of a bad situation is certainly not to be identified with it. Don't... Uh, don't expose yourself to too much nonsense. Certainly, with a with an unguarded mind type type thing, with a, with a naivety, you should understand the vast majority of stuff that you're going to look at on the internet is is not only not true, but it's also has a potential negative impact on you. So you need to be aware of that, and that awareness in itself will protect you from the negative influences of that. And you can, like I said, making the best of a bad situation, do what you can to counteract a lot of those. A lot of the, the lies and misinformation on the internet, to, you know, within the scope of your of your reach, of your internet reach, which would be whatever small number of people, but it's better than none. Yeah. One last thing. What about the idea that well, there have been sincere connections and friendships made, and then yeah, ideas. Bob from Missouri hooked up with. Well, yeah, a, gr a girl, uh, 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 an Asian bride, or <laughs> you mean that? Well, but sometimes that, they work out, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Very often they don't. Do you not think? Do you not wonder, like, what if we're all disconnected in that way? We're all back to meeting, where we were before. Meeting real people, you mean? Yeah. What about meeting dealing with your people local who we want to, we would not otherwise have met who we who we do like. And they're good people, and they're they're right for us, and so on. How many people do you want to meet? How many good people do you want to meet? I mean, is there not enough good people in your community you can hang out with? And is there not enough uh, personal problems in your life and problems, uh, or you know, related to the interactions you'd have with the people in your in your family and your in your, in your local community? Is there not enough there to learn from that would last a, a lifetime? And if, you, if you're pretty smart and you get through that pretty quickly, yeah, you can go over to the next town. Or you can move, yeah. I mean, nothing. So before the internet, people travelled around and, and saw the world and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there were airplanes before the internet, right? Yes. Yeah, people travelled, didn't they? Yes, but Pretty now, sure there was airplanes before the internet. So, you can go and do stuff. I think people would, yeah, they would have gone to the city. Right, go to if the this city. town is too small for me, they go to the go city. Go to a big city, it was all good. And in a city, you've got a million, maybe millions of people. Jeez, there's a cornucopia there of, uh, of experiences to be had. You don't need the internet. And people are people wherever you go, you know, to a large extent, you know. There's not very much to be gleaned from, despite what people would have been led to believe these days. There's not much of really essential value to be gleaned from any other cultures in the world. Yeah. What you find for people in the West, what you find is that there's much more to be gleaned from looking at the the rotten state of your own culture and rediscovering what's what's positive, what's good, what it should be, mm -hmm. or what it could be. 
Yeah. You don't need to be flying off to, you don't need to be, I mean, you can go to Papua New Guinea if you want and hang out with the pygmies there. I'm not sure you're going to learn anything very essential, you know. You might learn a bit of hunt, hunting skills or something like that, but, uh, you know, name me somebody. Name, name me some culture in the world that provides a, a radically different take on on human nature and um, you know on the, on the way people should interact or the, or the way they do interact with each other uh, in those cultures that's, that's, that's much more that would be a benefit to someone coming from you know a western western society where can I go Neil tell me where I can go to get the goods, to get the goodies. Well, I mean, some African country, well, down live in a mud hut in Africa, not that all people in Africa live in mud huts, but I could find people who live in mud huts in Africa and hang out there. I mean, we might learn something, but I could just go, I don't know what, I mean, I'm no anthropologist, like, but Machu Picchu, I don't know, a lot of people go to Machu Picchu. Um, polar bears. I don't know. The, that's, that's maybe the narrative people had for getting out and exploring the world yeah. and finding out about what makes other people tick. Mm. But if you look at what is, what, what's driving the original project that became ARPANET and then the internet, and as stated today by the CEOs of the nominally private individual entities like Google, they'll say things like, our goal is a societal goal. Um, our goal is to get out there and to fix and to bring freedom and democracy. To mm. it. And this is where the, the synergy with yeah, like Iraq. the core U.S. government strategy and Libya, the technology that became the Internet yeah. are totally one and the same. Mm. Um, it's to get out and to ensure that the great equalizer. It, it's, this is why I say it's an American project. They, they, they managed to cleverly drop all references to this being the U.S. Mm -hmm. project but it is at its core it's about getting out there and getting into the minds of all these people it's not about getting out there and in culturally enriching your own although that might be sold as a useful byproduct of mm. it it's about that you are the cultural enricher it's right of getting course out there yeah. and getting and china drives them nuts and i wonder in this context then because when you say chinese great firewall people first association with that is bad mm. negative anti-freedom evil. Oh, imagine living there. It'd be terrible. There'd be no mm. internet. I know. But in this context, is that flipped then? Did the Chinese answer something by saying, yeah. let's keep the internet out of here, or large sections of it? Uh, can you blame any, any country for wanting to protect itself from America? Right. In no. this day and age? No. And everything that America bestows on the world, not just protected from it militarily, but everything. I mean, if you look at what America does, you can assess America, American values as represented by the American elite by um, what they do militarily, what they have done militarily. So let's do, we don't need to go over the history of the past 17 years since the war on terror and what has happened, you know. We can just mention some countries like Iraq, Libya, Syria, and several African countries, a few South American countries, and if you want to go back further than that, you can go into a few dozen other countries uh, and, and see the results. So American values can be measured by what they do when they go and spread freedom and democracy militarily to other countries. So any country that has experienced that, any country that has seen that happen, seen what America has does when it spreads its largesse around the world, would say, yeah, no thanks. Not only, not only no thanks to the military aspect, but no thanks to anything else you're offering, because you're obviously a bunch of assholes. 
So I don't really trust that anything you would provide culturally, if you wanted to come and give us some of your wonderful cultural goodies, <clears throat> they're probably, you know, they're probably not worth, uh, they're probably worth, they're, they're as good as, as your military uh, offerings as well, you know, of freedom and democracy and stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, why would you blame any country for wanting to protect itself from, from what America offers the world mm -hmm. based on the history? Yeah. And at the level of, inf just at the level of information, um, I'm not even talking about the more obvious propaganda that the internet can be used as a medium to infuse f towards full spectrum dominance into every mind on the planet, but just at the level of ideas. I mean, the, I mean, the overwhelming majority of this is, of course, not it directed is. centrally by a conspiracy, but it's just a proliferation organically of people with big ideas having a platform. But the thing is, there's no filter as to whose big idea gets out there and gets promoted yeah. and then gets picked up and then starts influencing people and then ultimately ends up as a bad idea mm. and drives people crazy or something. Yeah, we want to spread freedom and democracy. America says they want to spread freedom and democracy and that sounds, oh, that sounds interesting, yeah, freedom and democracy, uh, that sounds good. Uh, oh, and by the way, also, Coke is it. Okay, I have to take that as well? Yeah. Among other things, I'm loving it, and just do it. Okay, so you want a corporate takeover of my country? Okay, I see. Okay, um, yeah, those are the ideas that are and spread, yeah. but of course, and those ideas are spread because human beings are greedy and selfish and self-centered. Of course, it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, people need to ditch this very, very lovey-dovey uh, view of, of humanity, and we're all one big happy family. No, we're not. People are assholes generally speaking. And that's a safe assumption to make. And you know why it's a safe assumption to make? It doesn't mean that you conclude definitively that people are assholes, but that's your working hypothesis. Then you allow the person to prove that they're not. Yeah. Because if they're not an asshole, they'll prove that they're not an asshole. But you take it as a, as a working hypothesis that they are, until they prove, prove otherwise. And that way you protect yourself. And it doesn't, you know, you can be nice to them and all that kind of stuff, but in the background you say, yes, let's have a talk, America. Yes, what do you want to talk about? Okay. But, right, that was a nice talk, but um, no, we'll not be having any of your freedom and democracy or, you know, you can be pleasant to people, you know, you can be nice and friendly and stuff, you know, but, you know, you should, everybody should be suspicious of people and, by extension, all the way up to the top, uh, corporate, you know, elites and, and government elites, it applies to all of them equally, uh, in fact, probably more so, based on the evidence. You know, it's a good life strategy. Yeah. And I, like I and I, and I and I reiterate that it doesn't mean that you're this kind of um that you go around being this pessimistic kind of, you know, defensive, you know, pushing everybody away, you know, living on your own and loner. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, you don't have to do that. You just have it as a working hypothesis in the back of your mind that you're suspicious of everybody. Why? Because all of the evidence based on personal experience and all of the psychological uh evidence in terms of psychological research confirms that you are correct that people are not to be trusted because people don't know themselves yeah and they tell and they'll tell you all sorts of lies and narratives and stuff that and you have to be smart you don't have to you don't have to hate them hate them for it but you just have to be aware you know it's like don't believe that a tiger when it when you when you see it uh when you see its, its corners of its mouth you know peeling back it's not smiling at you probably don't want to be friends, you know? Probably.
Because you don't get many shots at that, you know? Yeah. You can go and pet the nice tiger who's smiling at me, and then you find out, you know, in your, you know, your last breath, you go, oh, actually, he was fucking snarling at me because he was hungry. Oops, well, too late. But if you want to survive, people don't mind going out in a blaze of stupidity. But other people kind of want to survive a bit longer, you know, and navigate the dangers of the world. And one of the dangers of the world is is that people uh, aren't honest with themselves, first and foremost, and therefore can't be honest with other people. So don't assume that people are being honest with you all the time. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, that extends all the way up to the top. All the way up to the top. The government too. Yeah. I mean, the internet, it was... In hindsight, it was always suspicious, wasn't it? So much of it was free. Free stuff. Free Gmail accounts. Very cheap access to everything. And Mm. the whole world at your fingertips. In hindsight, it was pretty obvious that, you know, hang on a second. There's no free lunch. (laughs) You don't get anything for free, you know. What are we falling into here, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think we should, you know, ideally, yeah, the internet would, would go the way of the dinosaurs, and maybe it will, literally. One day, now all it would take would be a, a, a nice, well, maybe, actually, Scotty would probably correct me on that, it wouldn't, it would take more than an EM pulse from a, you know, like a space rock exploding or something, but it would do some damage, right? Well, a big EM pulse. Isn't I mean, that what America's afraid of, that Russia's going to EMP them? Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd probably... Multiple EM pulses, but that that wouldn't even take out like the. I mean, you know, even if it takes out large chunks of the power grid, you have backup generators, and of course, the power grid in many countries is rather fragile. And mm. yeah, it would be. Well, it would be awfully hard. It would be both easy to do and hard to do. Mm. I mean, you already have outages. Like just the other day, it was like everyone was running around like screaming with their underwear on their head because like Facebook was down in Europe. Right. And it was like, you know, I clicked it and I go, well, it works for me, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think, you know, when um, people talk about how fragile everything is, mm-hmm. I, that's pretty much true because there are like literally millions of people working every day to keep everything running. And so it's it's not, uh, Yeah, it wouldn't take much. Yeah, well, maybe it'll happen one day um, in one way or another. But uh, until then, we just have to, like I said earlier on, we have to, you know, proceed with caution. And, I mean, I know a lot of people know this already, you know, but it kind of bears repeating, you know, because uh, you can get sucked into things and it can be kind of overwhelming in a certain sense and you can't forget to, to kind of just shut it down. Shut it down yourself. You can't shut it down all across the world, but you can't shut your own, your own internet down. Uh, I mean, you know, temporarily, like switch off your computer or just walk away from it, you know. And keep the right perspective on it, you know, because I don't think it's going to last very long. Because something as 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 full of disinformation and lies and nonsense and uh, um, and wishful thinking, because for right. all the, and, and, their belief and acri- in acrimony and 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 you know negativity, effectively, you mm. know, uh, can't really last very long. Like it doesn't have a doesn't have a bright future, you know. But that future is tied to humanity's future. But then humanity's future seems to be to some extent tied to the internet as well. Because so much of what people believe these days comes from the internet. Mm. We'll have to wait and see where it goes. Okay. Do we have any other news we want to discuss in the show? I don't think so. Everybody knows what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of like... Just look at the internet. (laughs) 
I suppose we took a, a detour into this topic today because it's kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop at the moment. I mean, there's yeah. a standoff in Syria that's just still like in the air. Any right. moment now, you know, someone's going to do something. Um, yeah, they're still attacking Trump big time in the US. They talk about impeachment, but like it's it's, it's talk again. Again, it's like somebody just do something already, you know. Um, Shit or get off the pot. Exactly. But no, they're they're going to annoy us by just sitting on the pot. Yeah. For the next two years. Two years with respect to Trump, and yeah. hopefully not much longer with respect to you know. Uh, Russia or Russia that'll settle into a new Cold War. I mean that lasted long enough, wasn't it? Sixty years mm -hmm. of just total inanity, and then that well, in that case, they, they had the at least in the Cold War, there was a semblance of a physical reality attached to it, where the threat of mutually assured destruction hung over everyone, and kind of kept it real. That is, is still there today. And yet, no one cares. Mm. <laughs> People cared about that then, but now it's like... Yeah. So. Craziness. Okay, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think we'll leave it there for this week, folks. If you, We hope you enjoyed the, the show this week. If you like our videos, please subscribe and click the notification button, the belly thing. Um, yeah, and we'll be back next time with another show and lots of thoughts on stuff that's happening. Including the internet, probably. No doubt. So until then, uh, have have a good uh, day wherever you are. See you next week. Bye. Bye bye.